Welcome back, everybody, to the second episode of The Kin. I'm Connor. I'm Garrett. And, uh, yeah, this week we just wanted to touch on a couple things that we mentioned in last episode, uh, or mentioned in last week's episode. If you haven't listened to it already, go ahead and go give it a listen on Spotify and on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, we mentioned a couple things on how we stay motivated in the gym, and we just wanted to go more in depth on that. Last week, uh, Connor mentioned progress photos, which is something I don't do as often as he does, but I'm going to actually start doing because he had a good point of taking them every day instead of just like once a week. So you can actually see like the day-to-day changes. So when you go back and scroll through, you can see what changed over a two-week period, even if the scale necessarily didn't change. Yeah. And you can see like the different effects that foods have on your body and like, you know, based on the day, like what pumps you get that day and like how your body changes based off that and like what muscle groups you feel like not necessarily you need to work more of, but like sort of need to like give it more attention to. Yeah. Especially with a lot of my clients personally, and I know a lot of people in general, the struggle with the scale, like psychologically, because they'll get on one day, they'll be 200 pounds. One day they will be 198. It just, it messes with their brain and progress pictures you could do every day instead of weighing yourself every day so you don't get that psychological like fuck with that a lot of people get yeah like i myself i fluctuate like i don't know probably four or five pounds depending on the day and like that's kind of weird because like i'm right on the borderline of like 200 pounds so it's like one day i'm like oh shit i'm 203 then next day i'm like oh i'm 197 let's go <laughs> yep. So and so the best with your brain at all? If you back up, like let's say you you're like two or four one morning. It does. It does. Or... And then I'm like, oh, man, I got to do more cardio. And then I'm like, oh no, I don't need to do more cardio. It's that I ate a steak last night. <laughs> yeah, you just got that bloating mm-hmm. with holding more water. Yeah. Um, another thing I do to stay motivated is like it sounds cliche because everyone says it. Like remember your why, but. It's true because everyone, there's a reason you start going to the gym. No one just starts going to the gym just randomly, unless you were an athlete. But there's, that's still a reason, too, is you want to get better at your sport. So, with that said, my reason was I didn't want to be skinny anymore. And I'm still skinny now, like I'm thinner now. But um, I just want to keep getting bigger. And the only way to do that is go to the gym unless I want to get fat. So, that's my why is I just want to keep adding muscle till I reach my goal of 265 pounds. Yeah. And that's, a, that's the like best I'm... thing to do. It's like, you know, I play college baseball and then I went from working out every day to not doing anything for almost a year and a half. It's like, and when that happens and a lot of people are like that, a lot of people haven't worked out yet or like have minimal like experience. It's like when you take that much time off, you have are it's hard to find that motivation to actually just go up and go and pick up a weight or get on the treadmill it's just it's a struggle and once you find that reason then it's just like oh let's go like i'm ready to get after it like you're waking up at 6 a.m to go lift before you go to work and it's like man i finally have this drive and passion that i'd never like i haven't felt before or like if you have because you have played sports or something similar it's like oh shit I haven't felt like this in a long time. And there's something I always wanted to ask you is um, a lot of my friends who went on to play like serious, like semi-professional or like collegiate sports is a lot of them when they're done playing sports, they have a negative connotation with working out because it was just engraved like they were forced to do it so much. 
that did that ever affect you? Like, did you ever have that ill will towards? <clears throat> That's sort of like something I wanted to cover once we get more into like the podcast and like I start covering like athletics because that's sort of like on the mental health side. It's like, did you feel whether or not like working out and going to practice was a chore or was it you're bettering yourself so you and the team can do well? And that's something a lot of athletes struggle with. And I myself struggled with that towards the end of my career. And it's just, it's hard. Like when you start not like you don't have that drive anymore to have to go, you know, do 10 sprints or like, you know, go do a whole body workout after a day on the field or something like that. It's just, it's hard. And that's why the negative connotation gets built up because it becomes a chore and it becomes just uh, like this feeling of, ah, like it's a drag, like you don't want to go do it. And I feel like that's how a lot of people are. But if you truly love playing the game itself, then nothing will be a chore. So you said that it did start to become that way for you? Yeah. And that was just because of outside factors and everything like that. But it's, how did you get back into the gym? Um, what overcome that negative connotation. So after like the year and a half that I took off, it was like, I looked my, or I, I went on a vacation and I hadn't been to the beach in almost two years. So when we went, we had t- pictures taken and everything. And like, you know, looking at your, your mind doesn't display how bad you look when you look at yourself in a mirror. Mm-hmm. So when that picture got taken of me and like it, I'd looked at it, I was like, holy shit. I didn't recognize myself. And that was one of the hardest things. It was like, I sat like for a week thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get back to where, like where I was me? And I feel like a lot of people, that's why a lot of people work out because it becomes part of them, but getting to where they become themselves is the hardest part. But it's, for me anyways, once I started getting back into it and I started like, you know, it's that, oh, it's one and a half pounds down, five pounds, 10 pounds. It's like, this feels good. And then you just keep going and it becomes repetitive and that's what sparks it to like to like myself, Garrett, anybody that's at the gym. Like you go and you like see those little small goals that you've hit. And it's just like, wow, I'm actually like accomplishing something. You get that feeling of accomplishment and it's the greatest feeling in the world. So what would you say your why is now? Because obviously in the past it was for baseball. So what is it now just to not look that way again or? It's. Partially, yeah, but now it's, I want to have a better health and a longer life so that when I have my own family, I can not be out of shape and I can go do things with them, go on hikes and like not be winded, like that sort of thing. And obviously the aesthetics come part, like come hand in hand with it, but. Because I feel like my why isn't as like talked about as much. Well, obviously there's the one I've already mentioned is I just want to be bigger. I don't want to be skinny anymore. And then. Second and thirdly is the second one is I work out for mindset because if I make working out, typically yeah. lifting weights, if I make it the hardest thing I do that day, then everything else will be easier because I knocked out that hardest thing I had to do already. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is worse than a set of like walking lunges with a barbell on your back. Like that's the worst pain yeah. you can go through. And it's just like, like you said, it's a mindset and you can view it as 
you're bettering yourself or you can view that workout as you had a bad fucking day at work. You want to go blow off some steam and do some squats, do some bench press, like view it as that rather than like, like I said with the whole sports and like, or you mentioned like they viewed it as like a bad connotation, like towards working out. It's like, don't, it's not a chore then. Then it's like, Oh, I'm like stress relief. It's helping my mindset. And like, I can, it it gives gives you a different, yeah, it gives you a different perspective. And then my third reason, which I've, um, Joe Rogan said this and it was, uh, made me come to realization that other people feel this way. So I'm just going to reiterate it here is that like, it's very sadistic, but I never want to be physically incapable of protecting the people I love if I'm ever put in that situation. So a lot of times when there's like a hard workout and like, I want to quit, I'll like theorize on like and visualize if that situation was to occur, like how bad you just have to push through it. It's kind of messed up, but it's one thing that like has helped me through workouts is I never want to be in that place of feeling vulnerable or not strong enough. Yeah. That, that mental repetition sort of thing where it's like, yeah, yeah. That's a, that was a big thing in sports too. Like just putting yourselves in like high stress situations where it's like, you know, for me, it'd be like bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the ninth type shit, like mm-hmm. scoring or winning runs on third. Like you got to strike this guy out. Like that's the sort of thing that I would put myself into and like imagine the pitches that I would throw. And like in the gym, it's like, oh, say you have a gold f- from three months from now. You want to lose this like X amount of weight and then, you know, visualize yourself three months from now and how you would feel and what you would look like. And then when you go to that gym that day, do or or like put that visualization to the test and like start working yourself harder. That's a good point you made there is like three months from now is um, humans, all humans do better with a deadline. That stress just makes them perform better. And one thing I've realized with clients is my clients that get the best results have a, a date that like they either have to be shirtless or have to look a certain way. And that embarrassment, negative fears are always stronger than positive motivations to make you actually do something. So that like fear or embarrassment factor of either taking your shirt off, looking good in a dress for like a wedding or a beach party will make you work harder than like just I want to feel good. So if you give yourself that date, just like when you have an assignment in school, it'll push you to your best ability to actually flourish and become the person you want to become. Mm-hmm. And then like, to go along with that, like visualizing yourself, but then like pick out like a body physique maybe that like you want to look like and then work towards yeah. it. Like that's like the small little goals. Like we mentioned, like don't set like five big goals, set like three little ones at like two weeks, another three at like four weeks. Yeah. Like that way, when you're going and you're constantly hitting the gym five, six days a week, you don't get tired of it because you're not seeing the results or whatever it might be. You're just going to look at that checklist and you're like, oh shit, bang, three goals checked off. Two weeks from now, I'm going to knock these out and then I'm moving on to the bigger one. Yeah. And those goals can really be as simple as I want to hit the gym three times this week if you're starting out or be a little more advanced just be like add five pounds to your bench press in the next month add a pound even if you're super advanced Mm -hmm. you just make it little micro goals that like give you something to work for like morty said yeah like uh one of the classes that i took in college it's like we had to make up a a uh, a workout program for 
a 75 year old man that wanted to complete a marathon. <laughs> okay. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay. Like, first of all, it's a 75 year old man. Like there's, yeah. I'm sure that there's some that probably are in great shape, but a full marathon, I, I doubt it. Yeah. But I was just like, you know, and it's like, he had like hardly any workout experience. And it's just like, I'm like, okay, but here we go. And I was like, start him off. Like, you know, let's start him out with maybe three quarters of a three quarters of a mile, like a mile walking one day. And then just start testing them from there. Like in two weeks, let's make it a mile and a quarter or a mile and a half and like try and increase the speed. So the time decreases and then go like start, you know, the little ladder steps up to where he wanted to be. Yeah. Just little milestones till you reach the ultimate end goal. Yep. Um, so our second thing we got asked was strategies to cut back on eating out. To me personally, I do have a bad habit of eating out. I luckily have the privilege enough to not really store body fat. I stay lean year round naturally, so I can get away with it. It's not, don't be like me. Don't do that. But I've been trying to cut back since I'm in my own place. Now I have bills to pay. Um, my strategies on cutting back is never be hungry enough. Never be away from your food so that you would have the impulse to go out and get buy food out. So if you always have a meal packed or if you are always, always just as prepared or always satiated when you are leaving the house for a long period of time, it'll cut those impulses to go buy the food. So just always have food near you, mm-hmm. good food. And that's why meal prepping is so important because one, you get more food and it's yeah. healthier. Two, cheaper. it's cheaper. And that's a big thing. Like, Oh, what is it? It's like 97% of people like get takeout on Fridays and Saturday nights. And it's just like, yeah. damn. Yeah. And, and that, that <laughs> racks up. Like, think about that. You're say it's like you and like your girlfriend or like your boyfriend. And it's just, you know, that's an automatic 40, $45 every, like four times a month. Think about yeah. that. That's $160. Three months from now, you can take a vacation. <laughs> Yeah, and that's on top of getting groceries because usually people will buy groceries and then still go out. Yeah. Like, I know I've done that. You literally get a full house of groceries. Hey, let me get food on the way home. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's it, like the dieting thing. It's like, I don't know. Hold on. I got to refresh what the question was. Yes, cutting back on eating out. It's like. <sighs> it's the biggest hurdle when, because when their you food get, tastes better. Yeah, their food tastes better. Are just bland as shit because we're trying not to add calories to it. <laughs> but it's like you do it because you have those goals set. And when you do that, you're cheating yourself. It's like I preached all the time. When I was at college and I would go work out at Anytime Fitness, it there is a McDonald's right across the street from it. They always do that. And every damn day, I would watch people go in there and work out for an hour and a half whether it be an hour and a half straight on the treadmill or just lifting weights, whatever it might be, I would watch them walk out of there, get in their car, drive across the street to the McDonald's, and I don't know if they got a cheeseburger or what, but it's just like, it's McDonald's, man. Come on. Like, yeah, that to me is like you're cheating yourself in the goals that you had in your mind when you came in here. But, you know, that could be like a reward to them to help themselves like keep going, I guess. But yeah. But at least they're making that first step of being in the gym, and then they can just grow from there. It's like, if you try to do everything at once, you're typically going to fall short. 
that's why like even if it is just start in the gym don't change your diet at all just start in the gym you might make progress or you could do the reverse control your diet and then add the gym later whatever just works best for you and would lead you to be seen for seeing the most results baby steps yep and that's the like going back to the whole goal thing like it's all it's all part of the process and it's all part of making yourself a better person building your mindset up and just having a healthy life like it, we we can't preach it enough that <laughs> please don't go please don't go get mcdonald's after you work out <laughs> but it may be adding a cheat meal a week to start just keeps you motivated I mean, it gives you something to look forward to so if you want to add that mcdonald's in on a friday yeah like i did that when i first started yeah like i you know i was probably 250 260 when i first started working out after i quit baseball like I was getting big and, you know, I, I was loving my pizza. So, you know, Saturday or Sunday, me and my mom, we'd go get pizza <laughs> or we'd order it out. And then, yeah, but that was my cheat meal. And that's how I kept, I, I would eat it. And then I feel like shit afterwards. And it's psychologically both, or both, both. Yeah. And it's just like, I eat this. It makes me feel like shit. I know it's like, pushing me back and keeping me from my goals. So like, why am I doing it? And I eventually just like, it took me probably three, four months, but I cut it out completely finally. And that's what it takes. You just have to, it's consistency. Consistency is the key. And that's like fortune cookie wisdom, but it's true. And it's proven to be true for how many years now? <laughs> yeah. What allowed you to cut it out? Like, what were the steps? I know you did probably didn't plan it. Like, this is what I'm going to do to get, stop eating food out, stop eating the pizza. But it was like, in hindsight, what actually allowed you to do that? Uh, Just like, so I wasn't progressing as fast as like I knew I could. Mm. And I made a TikTok on this. It's like, why am I doing it if it's going to be easy? I'm like, and that's the mentality you have to get into. You have to get into a mentality where you're like, I'm going to be a bad motherfucker and I'm going to push myself to my limits instead of going through the motions and making it easier on yourself. Because then that's, it's consistency. I can't knock you on that, but it's that push like constantly pushing yourself. That's going to make your goals even higher than they were before. So you're demanding more of yourself and that's building up whatever you were working towards. Yeah. So dieting on a budget. <laughs> uh, do you have a budget for your diet? Hell no. <laughs> well, right right now I kind of do. It, but like, it, it's not, it's nothing major. It's not like some of these ones that you see on YouTube. It's like, oh, like, you got 100 bucks. yeah, you got a hundred bucks for a week. Like, nah, like I, you can do that. Like you, you can make really good gains on that. Like, oh, let's do like chicken for my lunch five days a week. And then, you know, for dinner, I'm going to do like ground turkey and then uh, alternate it between days and do like ground turkey one day, like ground beef the next, like do that sort of thing. And just, you know, that's easy meal prep and it's really cheap. And just, you know, the five pound bags of rice that you find at Sam's Club, get yeah. those and then some veggies you know, like you can make it out under a hundred dollars and have plenty of food but... i actually have a budget for my diet and 
my calories are relatively high, so I have all my meals planned out. I eat the same thing every day. I know a lot of people can't do that just mentally. They just need variety. Yeah. I'm lucky enough where I can eat the same thing seven days a week. So, like, for my budget for food is around, like, 200 to 250 every two weeks. So, I go the day I get paid is when I do my grocery shopping, and then I plan it out. Well, you're kind of you're kind of close to the hundred dollars. Yeah, like two fifty is not bad. But I do um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I do have a thirty dollar limit for like food out. But usually it's like I love pokey, so I usually get pokey all three days, just because it's like somewhat healthy still, like the raw salmon. Yeah. And then it still fits like my macros. So I typically eat. I have a smoothie for breakfast, so it's like egg whites, eight ounces egg whites, eight ounces almond milk, spinach, uh, half cup granola, and one scoop protein powder. And then my set, my second meal and fourth meal are exactly the same. It's a cup and a half of white rice with seven ounces of turkey. So that's meal two and four. My third meal is a lot different. It's usually my pre-workout. So it's usually two cups of instant oatmeal and a rice cake with peanut butter and a protein bar. And then um, meal five is ground beef and pasta. And then meal six is a protein shake before bed. Six. With some <laughs> yeah. Six. Jesus Christ. It's a lot of food. It's a full-time job just eating. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like... Prepping it. <laughs> you're lucky. You're getting to eat like what? Pro- how many calories did you it's say? Like 3,500? 3,500 to 4K. Yeah. It's in like that ballpark. Leg days, I eat a little bit more. Dude, just cause, like, I'm sitting like at 2,000 right now a day. <laughs> I'm trying to cut. Naturally, I'd, if I just ate like to my like fullness, I'd probably eat around... 2600 calories like i don't have a very big appetite like finishing those meals is work like each meal takes me around like 20 to 40 minutes just to finish because i and, just and you're like sweating eating. by the end of it yeah i just don't i'm not a big eater and for those of you out there that might not know what he's talking about when he mentioned macros so those are your total fats your total carbohydrates and your proteins and you want to measure those out so what is it like it's considered it's like 0.85 grams to or 0.85 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight 1.5 bodybuilders will say to go way more but it's all dependent on your goals but uh and then i forget the percentages past that like what the fat should be i didn't miss anything when i said was mentioning those right okay um it all just really depends on how you like your height your weight and just your activity level so those are the three main factors you can literally type into google macro calculator enter all the information and give you a ballpark one thing with the calculators though is that like I said, it is a ballpark estimate. So, it, like, for me, it says that I think it's like 3,200 or something. I lose weight at that. So that's obviously not my maintenance calories. But that's, like, according to my statistics, that's what it would be. So you just got to go off their calculator and then eat that for, like, two, three weeks. And if you're losing weight, that means that's slightly lower than your maintenance. You're in a deficit. If you're gaining weight, it means you're in a surplus. So it's slightly uh, higher than your maintenance. Mm-hmm. So... With that said, just play around with it until you find where you're either maintaining your weight or losing your weight or gaining weight, dependent on your goals. And, you know, having fun with it's kind of awesome too, because then you can, like, if you're under, it's like, oh, sh- sweet, I can go get ice cream this week. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, what's your take on fad diets, Marty? Like, what's your take on veganism? Vegan? Uh, and you had to ask me that because I love meat, but. <laughs> um, are vegan obviously i just went over my diet i'm not yeah uh, there's a lot of people that are vegan and uh, it i have nothing against. yeah i have obviously nothing against it i just like i like turkey i like all that stuff but vegan diets 
they're good if you want to cut like weight in a short amount of period just because you're not going to be eating meat and the problem with that is like you're going to have to start taking a lot of vitamins because you lack a lot of nutrients when you go on the vegan diet um especially with veganism is their lack of protein intake yes you can get it with combining the the rice with the lentils and you will get you give yourself a complete protein but the quality of the quantity of food you actually have to eat to make up for what like four ounces of steak or seven ounces of steak would be is very large from most people that they're not really going to reach those requirements because that's a lot of food. Mm. So that's my biggest problem with veganism is just the lack of B, B vitamins and just how hard it is to truly get a well-versed diet on the vegan diet. But if you're doing it for like ethical reasons, I respect you for that because yeah, yeah it's, like it's there's some people that like actually do have allergic reactions to meat and like it causes them to break out or something like that. And mm-hmm. that's why they are vegan. And there's some people that do it by choice, obviously. And it's like, uh, it's, you know, just strictly because of the nutrition facts, I wouldn't, I would definitely like test it and try it. Like, I feel like it would be interesting and fun to do it. Do what? I wouldn't. <laughs> I think, I mean, just to like try it a couple of weeks, yeah. you know, it wouldn't be bad. But like long term, like there's people that have been vegan for like yeah. like four or five years. Like I take. And you can do it right. Like it is a diet you could do for the rest of your life. It's just the amount of work it takes to do correctly is more than most people are willing to. And another thing with the veganism is for women, they already, a lot of women, I forget the percentage, but a lot of women are anemic, which is, that's iron deficiency. And the majority of the population gets their iron from red meat. I can look. So if you're a woman who is vegan that cuts out meat, it's very hard if you're not supplementing your iron to not be anemic. So that's just another thing to consider while Morty looks up the rate of iron deficiencies. It's twice as prevalent in females as it is in, as it is in males. Yeah, and that's mainly because of their period that when they bleed, they lose a lot of iron. So that's just another thing to consider if you ever contemplate actually going vegan. And then on the flip note, the second diet we're going to cover is carnivore, which I still don't agree with. But <laughs> Strictly I carnivore don't... or like mixing? Strictly carnivore. You're only carnivore. eating red meat, red meat, eggs, all that stuff. I don't agree with diets as a whole, this will go into later, that eliminate food groups. I don't think it's sustainable, and I don't think it's adequate for health. Because a well-versed diet is ultimately the best choice. I know with carnivore that people that have autoimmune diseases have seen wonders because they cut out all the processed food. Um, So that is something to take into consideration. But if you're doing it for that reason, I'd recommend that it's under a certain time constraint with overview of your doctor. So, like, if you want to go four weeks to six weeks carnivore to get rid of, like, your eczema, then that might work. But that also doesn't even work for everybody. So, I'd see a doctor about that. Yeah, if, if you guys can't tell, Garrett's a dietitian here. <laughs> I'm not. But I do have a nutrition certification, but I'm not a dietitian, a registered one. But uh, little thing, like, going back to the vegan thing, just on based on nutrition, I don't mean to, like, I'm segueing here, but like right now I take three multivitamins a day just to get it what I'm lacking. And I just have like 
a multitude of food groups. Like, do what? Did you get your pod work done? Oh, yeah. And that's what it is based off that. So I'm taking three of those, and it's it's with iron just so I can make it what I'm lacking in my food. And it's not that my diet's bad. It's definitely not bad. I mean, I just... I count my macros and everything like that. And I do what works best for me and I've experimented with it just so I can have that. But the three multivitamins a day is what I'm lacking. And that's with me to my diet. Yeah. So and that's in the fitness industry that actually cares about their diet and they're still deficient in things. So you can imagine what someone who doesn't really track their food is just eating whatever they, they crave. And what they're deficient in if someone who cares about their diet is still deficient. Because mm-hmm. I'm deficient. I'm deficient in vitamin D and I live in Arizona. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, you also don't want to go out in the burning ass hot yeah, sun. It's one oh seven right now and it's eight PM at night. Yeah, I know so, you Snapchatted me the other day and it was one twenty five. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's not fun. But uh back to the carnivore diet, it's like obviously I don't have as much background knowledge as Garrett does, but when it comes to working out, that diet would probably, I wouldn't say it would help you a lot, but like you would kind of feel better when you're working out. Definitely. And that's because of what do up to a degree because, uh, carbohydrates is your body's main source of, uh, energy. Yeah. So eliminating that, which the carnivore does almost entirely is your workouts could feel depending on your type of workouts, like it's endurance based. They're probably, Ask just because your body's not going to have any glycogen to get into. And the protein consumption is too high for you to actually be in ketosis, which is what keto does, is put you in ketosis. So it switches your body from using carbohydrates as its main energy source to fat. And if your protein intake's too high, it knocks you out of ketosis. So that's a bad thing that happens with the carnivore diet that, like, you will shed fat, though, just because it's hard to eat 2,000 calories of just steak. Like, you got to be one hungry person. Uh, explain the ketosis thing again. So ketosis, it, so at most humans, I'd say probably 90% of the population or so, uses glycogen as their source of fuel. So that's the carbohydrates that fuel your muscle. Um, that's why people recommend that you have carbs before you work out, like around 30, 45 minutes before, because that'll fuel your workout. Or like if you ever heard, it's an old like track myth that's actually true, is like, carb loading yeah i was gonna say swimmers and runners do that a lot they eat like a shit ton of pastas before the day before so they're all fueled up but what keto does which we'll talk about later is it puts your body into ketosis which switches your body's main energy source from using glycogen to ketones so with that said is it basically uses that fat store you have that like everyone has even if you're lean you still have fat as the energy source. So why people lose so much weight on keto is because their body is actually eating itself for that energy. And would you say that like keto is definitely not a diet to work out on or, or is that, or is that kind of like a miss sort of thing? That's what, that's what I've heard from a lot of people is that like keto is really bad for people that like are trying to build up muscle. Oh, if you're trying to build muscle, absolutely. Because your body there's glycogen in your muscle. So if you're on keto and trying to, let's just say you're a bodybuilder that wants to go keto, you're probably not going to reach your goals just because one, your muscles are constantly going to be flat. So you're never going to have that full feeling or look even if you're a bodybuilder. Um, In your workouts, you just won't have enough energy 
and resources. It's like trying to build an oil mine without any oil. And that's after you take the 500 milligrams of caffeine to the dome. Yeah. <laughs> so. so we already kind of covered keto. I personally don't, I, like I said earlier, I don't recommend any elimination diet. I think it's a quick fix that won't, in the long term, for most people, won't allow you to reach your goals. For most people, what they need to do is find a well-balanced diet that they enjoy eating that will allow them to flourish as an individual to be able to reach their goals and still enjoy life. Because ultimately what it matters is if you're not enjoying your life or your food, you're not going to adhere to it. Mm. So if any three of the diets we mentioned you enjoy eating, eat them. But it's all about what you enjoy that will get your results as well and keep you healthy. Yeah. And then the next one we were going to talk about is like paleo, which is sort of like the carnivore diet. But it you get you get to have the nuts, the grains, and everything like that, and in between. And I no I, grains technically. Well, you get to have the no nuts. No grains, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's <clears throat> I have personal experience with paleo because when I was in high school, I hit a huge growth spurt between uh, sophomore and junior year. You hit a growth spurt, dude. You're six seven. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> but uh. Between sophomore and junior year, I, what was I? I was five six, and I shot up to six foot within three okay, with, with, within a three month time period. So I grew six inches within three months, and I was skinny as all hurt? do up. Did your body hurt? Yes. Because I actually I'm tall, but I never had a growth spurt like that. I was like an inch every year for like my whole life. Basketball season then was terrible because my knees hurt like hell. Yeah. But what helped me a lot was uh, I started coming to a place where it's called strength school and it's in Indiana, but it's the guy there recommended that I try paleo. And that's because I would be able to put on mass while building my muscle back up with as much cardio and with as much weight training I was, as I was doing at the time. I wasn't getting enough calories or enough proteins in me to like be able to maintain after I hit those that six inch growth spurt because I was eating what I was eating when I was like five, six. And obviously my maintenance calories went up and I, I was six foot, like one forty five, one fifty, And I don't know if you've I've seen anybody like that, but that's damn skinny. And I did that. I did paleo just so I could build my muscle mass and it, I felt energized. I was sleeping like five, six hours and it felt like I was sleeping 10. Like I felt great on it, but that's because my body had lacked so many nutrients for a while after I hit that growth spurt. And then all the working out I did, my body was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I was eating steak, you know, I was getting chicken finally. And yeah, it was, it definitely helped me out a lot because I went from, like I said, the 145 to 150. And then by the end of my junior year, I was 180. So it definitely helped me out a lot. Why don't you go paleo now? Because I'm cutting. <laughs> That's fair. Um, all right. So the next one, Morty actually does this. He does uh, if it fits your macros. So the abbreviation for that is I-I-F-Y-M. I typically don't do this because I actually don't track my macros. I just have my meals planned out to reach my goals. And then that's what my macros are. I just, um, so what he means by that is like, 
you can eat anything and everything as long as it fits in within your macro limit. And by that, I need to take in within at least 200 grams of protein a day. And then, mm, what am I eating right now? Like, mm, I take like two, 300 carbs. And then I try to get like 80, 90 ish fat for the, for the day since I am cutting. Like I try to keep that really low. And obviously that's going to do a lot of things in my body, but that's what I'm doing right now. And if it fits in with that, I'll eat it. So like, usually I'll have like, you know, bowl of oatmeal in the morning. I'll sprinkle a little bit of protein powder in there. And then for lunch, I'll have like seven ounces of chicken with salad. And then dinner's like sort of the same, but it's like rice, a vegetable, and then like a ground beef or something like that, just so I can get a little bit of fat in there. Yeah. That's a well-balanced diet. I just, I hate the proats. I know people love them, like the protein powder and the oatmeal. I might be cooking them wrong, but I have like PTSD when it comes to proats. Was that? I just can never get it to taste right, and it's always like clunky or chalky, and it's just, I can't get it. See, so I, fi- I, I figured out the figured out the uh, the key to that. If you are you doing like plain oatmeal, or are you doing like the instant packs? Instant packs. Oh, which like the the plain ones? No, no, no. Like I usually I alternate, but it's usually uh, apple cinnamon. Get the cinnamon brown sugar. Okay. Get the cinnamon brown sugar because that's what I do. Okay. I either either do it plain or I do the cinnamon brown sugar. And you plain oatmeal? Yeah. And then I'll put I'll I'll sprinkle cinnamon on it if I do the mm. plain. And then I'll mix in like I have chocolate protein powder, so okay. it makes it pretty good. I do do peanut butter in my oatmeal a lot. On my like leg days specifically if I have oatmeal that day. I just add like two heaping scoops of peanut butter and then I'd rather just drink a protein shake and eat my oatmeal than combine them. But I know people love combining them. It's just not my uh, cup of tea. That reminds me of something that I wanted to bring up, but go ahead. No, you're good. What's up? Uh, meal replacement shakes. What What are your thoughts on those? <laughs> so I think they're fine, but in my peak bulk, I, I lived at home at the time. I had my mom buy me meal replacement shakes that were like four or 500 calories. I would eat my meal, and then I would drink one after each <laughs> meal. Because <laughs> I was wanted to put on size. I never really got fat because I'm lucky enough. But So you're smacking like 1,800 calories in one meal. Yeah. Because yeah. that's one thing I also did for all the skinny guys out there is I, I think it was Alan Thrall. He's a YouTuber from Untamed Strength, so shout out to him. But um, that's what he t- taught me to do if you don't have a big appetite. It's like eat your meal. Get full, and then you will drink a protein shake or have a glass of milk because it will physically just help to expand your stomach so you can train your body just like with a muscle to be able to eat more. It's like progressive overload like you do for your bench or squat, but for your stomach. Yeah. So which, that's actually what I did, and it worked. I still don't have that big of an appetite, but I could still eat way more than I could four or five years ago. Are you a big fan of, like, doing, like, the, like, you know, the actual ones that rather not the ones that like come in like prepackaged, like the meal replacement shakes, like you mentioned, but like the ones where it's like you build it yourself, where it's like the protein powder. Then you add the like mask gainers. Yeah, 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 like uh, not not mask gainers, but uh, like you add spinach and like you put the fruits and stuff in it, and then that's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's basically just like a big smoothie. Yeah, yeah, like that's sure. that's what I'm a big fan of, and it's like 
uh, I was watching Bradley Martin's YouTube video a couple weeks ago, and it's like he put like spinach, blueberries, um, raspberries. What else he put in it? Peanut butter, cocoa powder, his protein powder, and I think he makes it with almond milk. But mm-hmm. he blended it up, and I was like, "Wow, that looks really appeasing." <laughs> yeah, Anthony. But- I wouldn't recommend it for fat loss if you have a big appetite just because you want to eat as much calories as possible so you're as full as possible. Yeah. But if you're trying to put on size, absolutely. There's some pro bodybuilders who blend four out of their six meals. That I think is weird, like blending chicken and rice with liquid and drinking it. I think it's very bizarre. But if you don't have an appetite, I mean, it gets the job done. It's making me a gag. I, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that. I know Hunter Labrada does that where he blends his chicken and rice. Because he hates chicken and rice. But don't drink raw eggs like they do in Rocky, please. <laughs> Unless it's pasteurized egg whites, because I drink those every day. Yeah. But it's not like well, eventually the raw eggs won't hurt you. But it's the chance until you get there that will make you sick. <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky enough is uh my mom and I always grew up eating cookie dough. Like we never bought like the oh. safe cookie dough. My mom always just bought cookie dough. And I've been eating it my whole life, and I've never got salmonella, so... Bro, we would just buy it, like, you're talking about the ones where it's little, the little plastic tube? No, like, the actual, like, the ones that are, like, pre-cut, that you just, like, put oh, in the oven. Oh, oh, oh. I would, I would buy the ones, like, you know the, uh, what sausage comes in? Like, yeah. the little... that We would buy those, and we would eat those raw. Those, yeah. those hit. Those are awesome. But, like, raw cookie dough is better than actual cookies. 100%. Why is that? I just think they taste better. Just like, <laughs> Strictly, I thought there was like some like low key oh, nutrition no. fact in there that I was missing. No, I just like taste. Um, but <laughs> cookie dough is my favorite thing. Like if I'm having a cheat meal, like cookie dough is involved somehow. Yeah. What's your but, favorite um, cookie? Chocolate chip. Your basic. My favorite cookie of all time is I had it in Germany. So okay, you're gonna say it's a sugar cookie. It's not a sugar cookie. Chocolate is it like this cookies without the chocolate chips is the best cookie on the planet. Like a ginger snap? Nope. Like the same dough a chocolate chip cookie is. You just don't add chocolate chips. Best cookie on the planet. I feel like I've had this before. What, what, yeah, but like it's a sugar cookie. No, because it's different. What is... I don't know how it's different, but... What's, I don't know what's that brand where uh, they make... It like, comes in the little white pouches and they make like the wafers... What is that brand? I feel like I've had those through that before. I don't know. Wafers are kind of fire, though. I haven't had those in a minute. Vanilla wafers? Banana pudding? Yeah. <laughs> those you just put in your mouth and let them, like, dissolve. You don't actually chew them. Yeah. But, uh... Are you looking it up? Trying to find it? Yeah, yeah I am. It's like pet Pepperidge Farm. That's it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, those cookies that comes in, come in the little white bags, I feel like I've had it before just through those because they make anything and everything. Yes. I, I usually get like the little vanilla wafers with the chocolate in the middle of them. Those are fire. I've actually never had those. I'll have to get them next time I go to the grocery store. Yeah. Go ahead and get them and rub them in my face. I got you. Can't eat them, so yeah, have your fun. But um, oh, it should look fire. But yeah, it's 
just to sum up everything that really we've talked about this far, it's like, you know, staying motivated, the fad diets and what's good and what's not, you know, don't go eat McDonald's after you go work out. And yeah, the meal, the real, the meal replacement shakes, do them if you want to try and put on size. But if you're cutting and trying to lose fat, definitely not the good, the best idea, but yeah, as far as like, I kind of want to go back and focus on the motivation stuff for a couple minutes. It's like, that's what I was about to. my biggest thing is like, you have to find a thing, whatever it is like for me. And then I believe for Morty, it's lifting weights. You might not like that, which is fine. Like there's runners, swimmers, like just find even dance, like just find whatever tailors to you that you can adhere to. That'll make you healthier. Yeah. Like and that's why they have men's league and like basketball. Yeah. So they have softball, but like they have men's, they have like men's league baseball, volleyball. Even yeah. it's like, go do that. That's a, that's good cardio. Like that's a good workout. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you're working out because you're entertained. You're having fun. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that are like that. Like, I don't know if you guys are like me, but like I'm a little bit ADHD and I can't f- fucking count my reps. I just go till I can't. <laughs> I, um, this thing you mentioned rec leagues is uh my the gym I work at has a half court in our gym, a half court basketball hoop. And um, as a trainer, you have a lot of breaks. Like I'll train people for like four hours straight. I'll like an hour and a half off. It's just how like people's schedules work. I'll literally just go hoop. I'll come back to my next client and dripping, and they're like, "What did you do?" <laughs> I was like, "I just hoop for an hour and a half." It's because I don't actually do cardio. That's my form of cardio is just yeah. hooping. And. Uh, when I first started working out, I was doing that. Like there was a uh, basketball court right on the street from my house where I used to live, and I'd go work out hour hour and a half, and then I'd go shoot baskets for twenty five thirty minutes. You yeah. know, I'd be sweating more from that than I would my workout. Yeah, and you probably burn more calories because there was a study I did in school. It was um the enjoyment factor of cardiovascular training. And they found that people's heart rates got to a higher degree. So, like, let's say, so I'm I'm 20 years old. My max heart rate on paper is 200 pounds. So you just subtract 220 minus your age. That's what it is, estimated. Everyone's a little bit different based off your previous history. But they found that people would get closer to their max heart rate when they were playing a sport they enjoyed. Because, one, they're working out automatically elevates your heart rate. But the excitement factor edged your heart rate up a little bit more because you were actually enjoying it. You were excited to play, which kept your heart rate elevated for longer and had a higher peak. So they found that people that actually playing sports they enjoy burn more calories in that same time period as people who just did 30 minutes of cardio over 30 minutes of a basketball game. Yeah, because that activates the adrenaline. Yeah, which I always thought was really cool, especially if you're a competitive person. You probably burn even more calories because you're like, I can't lose to this kid. What is it in the brain? It's dopamine, right? That Activates the adrenaline. chemical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just a good way to... Because, like, my dad, he hates working out because he ran so much and he ran as a kid. And then he also ran in the military a shit ton. So, like, he hates working out. So one thing I'm trying to get him to do this summer is just play me in basketball because I know his ego, he's not going to want to lose to his son because he was really good at basketball. So if I just challenge him, he's going to play me. And that'll get him to be more active. So you just got to find what like motivates him or not him, whoever you are trying to motivate or even if it's yourself. Yeah. And like, there's different ways to gear cardio and like me, myself, like, uh, for example, like I hate running. Absolutely cannot stand it. I would rather, I would rather shoot myself in the foot, but 
what I found that I like doing is, you know, I'll go, I'll start like, I'll do it for like five rounds. I won't time myself obviously, cause I'm still kind of out of shape, but I'll do five rounds. I'll do, I'll start off with 10 burr beats and then I'll throw like three plates on a sled and then I'll start pushing the sled, you know, 20, you know, 15, 20 yards and I'll do it down and back and I'll rest like 20 seconds and then I'll do it again. Okay. And, I'm going to finish, finish. No, I was done. Okay. I was going to go on a little tangent because I love, I personally don't use the sled because it doesn't reach my goals because it burns too many calories. But as a trainer, just training my clients, I love the sled. I use the sled almost every workout for my clients, especially on their lower body days for two reasons. One, it's very high impact on the bones, but low injury risk. So with that said, it means you're more than likely not going to hurt yourself pushing a sled unless you have some sort of plantar flexion injury or Achilles tendon injury that's already known, which your trainer would know of. So you want to put you on the sled if you, you have those two things. But what the sled is good for is one, it's a lot of impact on your bones. So it helps prevent osteoporosis, which is the thinning of your bones. So a lot of old women get it. And that's when like they fall, they break a hip off or like a three feet fall. So it's good to prevent that because bone density, keeping it strong. Secondly, is it gets your heart rate up there like no other. Like if I'm sure you've seen, like you put on three plates on a sled and sprint it down, you oh, need yeah. more wind than pretty much anything. Yeah. And so those are my main two reasons, but it's mainly that first one, especially with all my female clients. If you can do it, you're pushing a sled simply for the fact that it'll help keep you on this earth longer. And that's, I feel like it's just an underrated exercise in the gym because people are afraid to do it because it takes up so much space mm-hmm. that like you're the center of attention pretty much for pushing a sled. But anyone who's pushed it before knows work out. So they're going to commend you for doing it on your own because you have to be pretty much a fucked up individual to push a sled on your own. Yeah. And that kind of goes into the other thing, like you mentioned, it's like covering, um, what is it? What'd you say? Like, because it takes up so much room, like the sled, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, that's another thing. It's like, oh, people are going to look at me if I'm pushing the sled. No, yeah. nobody's going to fucking care. Who cares? Like, most people are more concerned about what people are thinking of them, that they're not even thinking about you because everyone's in their own head. Yep. Everybody's, especially, yeah, the gym is such a place for people to be self-conscious that it is unreal. And Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of it. I'm sure Garrett's guilty of it just because we all like have our flaws and we know it. And when we go to the gym, especially like me, when I started, I was fat and I was like, oh, I was like, people are going to start looking at me because I'm fat. Like that's, it's like, don't give a shit what other people think or like what they might be thinking when they're probably not even thinking of it. They're like, they might just be staring off into space and you just be happening to be there. <laughs> yeah. Like when it goes down to that, um, when I first started lifting, I, I'll put a picture up one day so people can see, but I was ungodly skinny. I was six, 328 pounds. But, um, I signed up at EOS, the gym, the gym I currently work at, it was a different uh, club, but under the same brand. And, um, I worked out there for like three to six months but my anxiety was so bad that like I couldn't go in there when it was busy. I had to go either super early morning before school or go right after school before that lunch rush. Cause I just, for some reason in my like teenage brain, I just couldn't see, have people see me in there trying not to be a skinny. Cause I think it makes them think I was even skinnier. I don't know. I was deluded. <laughs> but with that said, I eventually at that, after like three to four months, I stopped going to EOS and I signed up at this little small gym because there was no one ever, everyone there. 
So it built my confidence up and I became more confident in the gym. That's where I ultimately became a trainer for the first time was at that small gym. That was it's body renew fitness and 10 P. But, um, that gym allowed me to get the confidence in the gym so that I would feel more confident working out at like bigger clubs, more populated clubs. But that was, it worked out in the end, but that was ultimately the wrong decision because that was me running from my anxiety of being that skinny kid. So in turn to combat that at the end is, um, so now this is like last year, last August, I, uh, I got two jobs. I got a job at Mountainside Fitness and EOS. And I ultimately chose the EOS job because it scared me the most because I'm still, I know bodybuilding, but I don't look like a bodybuilder. Um, the EOS job scared me the most because I was going to, it was back to like that skinny thing is like, people are going to judge me. He's like, how is he a trainer? He's so skinny. Um, even though I'm not that skinny anymore. But so I chose the EOS job out of complete fear that it was the, it was the hardest thing I could do in that decision was to take that job and overcome that fear. And now I love my EOS job. I'm cool with all the people. And it basically was a way of me overcoming that anxiety way back, like five, six years ago of being afraid to train at EOS, just lift weights at EOS. And now I'm a personal trainer there. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and I kind of have experience with that too. It's like, I started, when I first started going back to the gym, I went two or three times a week and I was going during the day and I was like, I can't do this, man. Like I, so I started going 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. I changed up my mm-hmm. schedule just so. I could go in there and be alone and not have to worry about who the, who the hell was there or whatever. But it eventually got to the point and I'm obviously not the biggest guy. I don't have like the show muscle that all these Instagram models have, but I'm not small either. Like I'm pretty big and it got to the point where I was being like, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would be self-conscious and it's like, damn. And then, you know, the gym I work out at now, there's kids all the time that are in like high school, college, and they'll come up to me and like ask me questions and like, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, work out, hit this body part. Like, and they'll, they'll like ask and I'll give them advice. And it's like, they wouldn't do that if they didn't look at me and like, see that what's, what's, what am I trying to say? Like what I'm doing you is working. So yeah. That they can actually see it from like an outside point of view that they feel like you have credibility enough to ask. Mm hmm. That's the best compliment you can get in the gym is when someone comes up to you and asks about something, especially a younger kid. Yeah, and that's ultimately what I ended up doing is like training young athletes. But, uh, and that is the best feeling in the world, especially when you've been working hard and trying to push yourself. When somebody comes up and asks you, like, "Hey, can you like teach me this workout?" or like, yeah. "Can you show me a different movement?" And it's just like you kind of like stutter for a second you're like oh shit you gotta think about it and then you're like then it's like bang right off the dome you know what you're gonna tell them and you're not overthinking it mm -hmm. and you probably get that when like uh new like um shit clients come in you probably get that when new clients come in and it's like you immediately look at them and know exactly what workouts you're gonna put them through yeah especially once i just hear their injury history or lack thereof which is great if they're fully healthy and because they're fully healthy, it's like an empty canvas and you're like a painter. You get to like sculpt their body. However they want you to, as long as they're willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's that that's going back to the whole mindset thing. You know, those, that's why those goals help. So you become less self-conscious and you stop caring about what other people think because you're setting your own goals and 
tackling them and getting after it, and you're accomplishing them. So who gives a shit what anybody else is? Like, you define your own success. Yeah. And like Morty said, you literally define your own success. Your success might not be driving a Lambo or being a 300-pound bodybuilder. Your success could be get to 14% body fat when you're at 30. Or it could be... that you're that successful but you achieved it or you could or it could be like you know uh like i'm 280 pounds i want to get down to like 220 like that sort of thing like all our goals are different and you know it's just getting in that mindset and not giving a shit who or what like says anything about you like just go do it man like there is not enough time in your life to sit around and just be like Ah oh, shit, what's this guy saying about me? Yeah. And then ultimately, your happiness is equated by the quality of your thoughts. So if you're constantly seeking other people's approval, your happiness will come from other people's approval. But if your your thoughts are about what would make you happy, and that's genuinely all you're thinking about, you don't give a fuck what other people's opinions of you are, you'll be happier just by default of only thinking and working towards things you actually want and not the world and society is trying to put on you that you should want, which will ultimately make your life better. And if everyone focuses on making their life better, society will be better. So completely agree. (laughs) Little, little tangent here, but, uh, I was watching yeah. Joe, Joe Rogan and Joe List the other day, and he, Joe's like, "You don't want to, huh? Which Joe? Uh, Joe Rogan. Oh, okay. Joe Rogan and Joe List. Uh, but Joe Rogan said you don't want to overfuck the fuck meter. Yeah. And when you said that, I was like, "Damn, that was a good use of fuck." <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a little tangent, but yeah. Uh, but that's going to be it for this week Um, if you haven't already we're going to link all of our social medias down below be sure to ask us questions we're going to put out a poll later this week and on Instagram on Twitter be sure to like comment leave us questions so we have more to go off of next week and yeah we want to help you strive to be the best person that you can be and yeah that's it for now and we'll see you next week see you next week